Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. We're in our 30-year celebration as City Church, and we are celebrating for a whole month. Some other pastors said, what are you doing for your 30 years? You're going to have like a guest speaker? You're going to have a big night, a big day, a big Saturday or whatever? I said, no, we're doing a big month. And so we've been already in the month, and All In was certainly part of that last Wednesday. And uh, last Sunday, we really kicked it off with uh, this series for our 30-year celebration as a church. I've called it This Is Us. And the revelation is about Christianity is, is it's not this is me. People say, oh, it's just me and God. And uh, it's just I don't need the rest of you guys or anybody else. It's just me and God. Well, I think, well, you don't know God then because that's not how God operates. God uh, is a family God. And uh, he's a generational God, and we'll look at more of that. But he builds generationally, builds with relationship. He builds, and we're going to look at three uh, ways that God builds this morning. But God is not the God of just uh, Abraham. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God is right into generations and family. And so we're going to look at this is us this, this morning uh, from the vantage point of God the builder. Now, I've entitled this message... Look what the sun has done. Now, there used to be a song that we used to sing, and I don't know how far back this song goes, and I don't have a band up here to, that know, would know this song, but some of you guys, old-time revivalists, might know it, but it's, you know, dare I, dare I even bother, but it's, uh, yeah, it says, Look what the Lord has done. Bah, bah, bah. Look what the Lord has done. He healed my body, released my mind. He saved me just in time. Oh, I'm going to praise his name. Pa, pa, pa. You know. Yeah. Because it's look. And then it finishes like, it finishes really hot. Look what the Lord has done. Boom, boom, boom. Big trash out on the cymbals. You know. He healed my body, released my mind. He saved me just in time. Oh, I'm going to praise his name. You know, and you just, man, that is revival. It's revival. And it's look what the Lord has done, not look at me. You know, there just isn't any room in the kingdom of God for individual superstars. There's only going to ever be one superstar. Uh, he created it all. And we lift up the name of Jesus. If uh, people don't see him through us, then we've really missed the mark. And that's the whole object of the whole thing, is that he be lifted up. And he says, I will draw all men. And that, that means women, too, in the day and age that we live in. I've got <laughs> to make sure I throw that in there. Uh, you know, it's, it's men and women. If we lift up him, he will draw all people to him. That's, that's got to be the goal. If you're new with us this morning, uh, I, I'll just tell you the goal of this meeting is that he be lifted up in every way through this whole meeting that you'll see Jesus and want to, uh, want to know him. That's the goal of the whole thing. So uh, lots of other good stuff happens, but the goal of the focal point is focus on him. So Gail and I, um, a while back, we were building a house. And so we uh, bought a block of land. We thought, okay, 
uh, we need to build a, a house that fits with this block of land. And so we went about looking for builders. And it's interesting if you've ever done that, you know, there's a lot of builders around the place. And perhaps some of them maybe shouldn't, maybe just perhaps not have their building ticket. Because what they're putting up, <laughs> I don't know. Like, you know, there's apartment buildings that are falling down in Sydney that people invested their whole life savings into, and now they, you know, they're in trouble. Like, there's litigation, all that stuff. Like, it gets nasty if you get the wrong builder. And so we went about looking for builders. We interviewed. We talked to, uh, you know, I did research with how many stars, how, what are the comments of these people that have bought houses through them? Were they happy? Uh, you know, everything that you can imagine, including going to all the displays and looking at the handiwork and then going out on builds, building sites and seeing the, their buildings that they're actually building going up and looking at it, uh, asking other builders in the know that are good builders that know about the other builders because people get a reputation in life and uh, eventually, you know, who you are catches up with what people say about you. And uh, so, you know, your reputation is earned. And so, uh, the, you know, with a builder, uh, eventually, if they've been building long enough, people go, no, stay away from them. Uh, don't get your, you don't want to get them to build your house. Or, man, they're fantastic. It was a great experience. They did everything under, under budget and time. And, and the house, I'll just show you through it. It's, it's immaculate. So did all of that. And uh, we, you know, we finished the job finally, and uh, it was, you know, up to, uh, up to our standard anyway. But it took months and months of our time. And, but we had to go out in an all-out search. I love what it, what it says in Hebrews. It says about Abraham, who's the father of our faith. It says, he was looking forward to the city with foundations. Man, are the foundations important on a building? They're the most important part, probably, get that wrong, everything else doesn't go up. And we know there's no other foundation that we can lay other than Jesus Christ and the revelation of him. And so it says he was looking for the city with foundations whose, and I love this, whose architect and builder is God. I don't know if you've ever thought of God as an architect and a builder, but I want you to think this morning from that aspect as we look at this as us, uh, well, who is us then if this is us? And what is actually God building when it comes to this collective called City Church and this spot in, in our city? What is God building and, and how is God building? And, and is God a, a good builder, an average builder, or an outstanding builder? I think we know the answer to that one. But uh, I want to show you City Church at some time in the future for a moment. If you ever uh, watched a movie and it's kind of like a sci-fi movie or, you know, it tells you the date, you know, 2055, and then it says Los Angeles, and you're looking at it and they've got electric cars or flying cars and they've got multi-level everything, you know, everything's, they're all flying around, you know, people, uh, it's just, a, this, um, this is what LA is going to look like in 2055. Well, I want to show you at some point in the future what City Church looks like. Now, you're going to read this, you're going to go, well, that's not City Church. Oh, yes, it is. We've got the best name in the whole world. We've got the best, we've got an eternally timeless, uh, amazing name, City Church. And City Church is going to go on 
and on and on. And so Revelations chapter 21, I'm just going to read a few of the scriptures here that describes what the Son has done, what the Son has built. Could have called this God the Builder instead of Bob the Builder or Jesus the Builder. He's a builder. Have a look at this in verse 10, Revelations 21. This incidentally, if you're a, a believer, a follower of Jesus, if your name is written in his book, it says, then uh, this is your city. This is actually where you're going. You know, I, I, I love Ruchador, and I like the expansions, and I love where we live, and I love everything about the Sunshine Coast, but, whew, man, it does not hold a candle. Like, honestly, to where you're headed, it's amazing. And, and, and this, whoever built this, and we know it's God, whoever designed this city, this city church, is amazing. And it says in verse 10, and he carried me, this is John, it says, he carried me away in the spirit to a mountain great and high, and he showed me the holy city, Jerusalem. This is the new Jerusalem now, coming down out of heaven from God. I love this. And it shone with the glory of God. And its brilliance was like that of a very precious jewel, like a jasper, clear as crystal. The angel who talked with me had a measuring rod of gold to measure the city. Now, I've been to some great cities of the world, and perhaps you have too. I've seen the Burj Khalifa in Dubai. It's you know, almost a kilometer. It's 800 meters high. Uh, in Riyadh in, in Saudi Arabia, they're already in, in, under construction of a kilometer high uh, building. That's, that's amazing. You stand there, you go, whoa, that's, that's like, that's up there. It's in the clouds. But look at this. This angel has a measuring rod of gold to measure the city, not just one of the buildings, its gates and its walls. And the city was laid out like a square as long as it was wide. And he measured the city with a rod and found it to be 12,000 stadia. Now, that doesn't mean a whole lot to anybody here, probably. 12,000 stadia. That's 2,200 kilometers in length. And as wide and as high as it is long. In other words, it's a cube that's 2,200 2, kilometers high, wide, every dimension of that cube. That's here to Perth, roughly. That's a city, guys. That's not the Burj Khalifa. That's not uh, the Empire State Building or whatever building. That's the city that, that the architect that we worship, the builder, God, has designed. That's the city that's going to descend out of heaven, the new Jerusalem, the city church, if you will, that we are going to inhabit forever. That's just the city. I'm sure there's, uh, you know, like cities are surrounded by other things. Uh, and, and so this city was laid out in length and wide as, and as high as it is long. And the angel measured the wall using human measurement. And it was 144 cubits. That's 200 meters thick. Take two football fields. That's how thick the wall is. The wall was made of jasper and the city of pure gold as pure as glass. The 12 gates were 12 pearls, and these gates are massive. And each gate made of a single pearl. The great sheet of the uh, street, rather, of the city was of pure gold, as pure as transparent glass. That's, the, that's Main Street City Church in heaven. 
the New Jerusalem. <laughs> like, look, I gotta be honest with you, my head and my imagination struggle with something of that dimension. Uh, I have like sat there and, and thought about this a lot and I'm thinking, overload, overload, can't relate, nothing to compare it to. Uh, this is like so amazing. Uh, you know, Mrs. Peterson used to say she was instrumental in discipling me. She said, Ed, because she was from North Carolina. Some of you guys should be able to say Mrs. Peterson's voice better than me because I've told this about 10 million times. Uh, but I think it bears repeating. She said, Ed, if you've missed heaven, you missed it all. I read this. Mrs. Peterson's voice comes back. And I think she's right. She is so right. You don't want to miss that for anything. And, and, and I'll just read on. And I, verse 22. I did not see a temple in the city because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it. For the glory of God gives the light and the Lamb is the lamp. And I love this bit because it really does fit the vision, uh, of, or our vision fits this, let me put it that way, of, of city church to grace the nations and raising generations to reach nations. That's why we're doing uh, the, the Fiji trip coming up. And the nations will walk by its light. The nations will walk by its light. I'm so proud to be pastoring a multinational church. I don't know if you've noticed, but we've got people from all over coming here. And I just say, welcome to the vision and welcome home to a church that saw you before you ever entered here in the vision realm. We love you and uh, we're, we are looking for more. And, and, and it says on that, the nations are going to walk by its light and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. And, and, and on no day will its gates ever be shut for there will be no night there. There's no enemy there. And the glory and honor, and here it is again, of the nations will be brought into it. Not just a nation, but the nations. There is nothing ordinary about this city because there's nothing ordinary about the architect and the builder. He is so extraordinary off the charts architecturally and, and building-wise that, uh, again, you know, it just blows my mind. And yet, in Mark chapter 6, we won't go there, but, you know, he comes to his hometown, and they totally familiarity breeds contempt. And so he goes to his hometown. This is the builder and architect of that city and the whole universe, the world that we live in, everything else. In the beginning was the world. All things were made through him. Nothing that is made was made without him. He comes to his own town. Now, he's the incarnation of God. And what did God choose to become in our world? It says that they said, is this not the carpenter? Now, that word carpenter there doesn't mean just somebody working with wood. It's tectone, and tectone in the Greek language means wood and stone and even metal. All fashion of material is what this guy uses to build with. Is he not just? Isn't, just the, 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 isn't this the carpenter? Is, isn't, Mary's, isn't he Mary's son and the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? Aren't sisters with us? They took offense at him. Jesus said, oh, prophet's not without honor except in his own town, among his relatives, 
in his own home, and he was amazed at their lack of faith. Isn't this just ordinary Jesus? Have you ever been treated by somebody that's familiar with you, and you think, man, I deserve better than this? And then you find somebody that doesn't know you, and they treat you better than people that do know you? And, and of course, we have that saying, you know, familiarity breeds contempt, and it's true. And Jesus cops it in his, in his hometown. He's just, the, he's just ordinary. That's it. He's just a carpenter. He, he couldn't do any miracles there. And it shows the danger that, that we have of desensitization. You know, sometimes people come to church in cynicism. Oh, lovely. That little voice. I've, I've heard it all before. I've seen it all before. Oh, just another worship song. Just another worship song about the creator of the universe, the living God that's got the city that you're going to live in. For It's just another worship song. It's just another sermon. And, you know, on and on. Descent, descent, descent. Can't even say the word. Uh, <laughs> desensitization. I had to ask Gail how to spell it. I tried, tried, tried. She was, just give me your iPhone. And she plunks it in and worked it out. But she got it wrong at first, too. Desensitization. They lived with him. The architect of, and builder of the universe. They lived with him for years. And he was amazed at the lack of their faith. They contained the carpenter of creation. What are we doing right now? Are we, are we loosing him, the builder, the carpenter, to keep building? To keep building, oh, this is us. Is it, it is, a, is it a snapshot that we're going to freeze in time? This is us. No, you know, us four and no more. Or, or are we going to loose him and reach out to the nations and continue to grow and continue to have more room at the table if we have to put more chairs out and more tables out and more food out? Are we going to welcome those nations like he wants to welcome? Or are we going to contain the carpenter of creation? The Bible says that unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. See, we can live with him for years. And, and that's one of the challenges why we're having the fired up uh, men's camp coming up this Friday. One of the challenges is keep the fire burning hot. Uh, every last breath that I've got, I want it to be the, the, the fire hotter and hotter with age, not cooler and cooler. Well, I've done my bit. I've heard it all. I know it all. And, you know, I just want to go home and be. I want to go home and be with him more than ever. But he still got me on planet Earth, and he still wants to keep building, and he still says, hand me a brick, Pastor Ed. But I'm getting old. I've got arthritis. and I, You know, the brick is getting heavier. Hand me a brick, Pastor Ed. With my grace, you can do anything. It's my grace in you that is sufficient to carry you through. And if I've asked you to be a co-laborer together with me, let's just build. One thing I don't want to be doing is containing the carpenter. Oh, no. With this church, and it's hard sometimes. You know, I've had seasons here with pushing an elephant up a hill. That's the only way I can describe it. That and herding cats. Those are my two biggest ways of describing seasons of church life. And it's like, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. This is ridiculous, you know. Uh, but he said, hand me another brick. Are you going to stop now? 
Are you going to contain the carpenter of the, of the universe? Are you going to be the one that contains what God wants to, to build? See, God is building his church. Now, there's three ways that uh, God builds his church that we're involved with here at City Church, just so you know. And the, and the first way that God is building his church is by revelation. That description of the new city that we read is out of a book called Revelation. It's a letter that John, the beloved one, the one that leaned on Jesus' breast and heard the heartbeat uh, of the Creator, he, he's the one that, that was caught up and he saw these things. And, and because of his letter, we have this incredible description that lines up with Ezekiel and others that were caught up and saw that, that great city, the, the New Jerusalem, and, and, and the handiwork of the Creator. He sees this. He writes it down. And it's by revelation that we see him high and lifted up as extraordinary. Not ordinary. Not common. Don't ever, don't ever call what God is doing here at this church or any other church as ordinary or common. If you do, you've missed it. You don't have revelation. Pull back the curtains and see what God is actually doing. It's amazing. Even going across a, a, a foyer with a donut and a coffee in your hand, you can have the most amazing experience and revelation from God in, in what God wants to do in the person that you might be willing to meet that needs just what you've got to say and, and to build something great. Well, we need revelation. It says in uh, Hebrews eleven three. it says, by faith we understand. That's revelation. By faith we understand what? That the universe was framed by at God's command so that what is seen was made out of that which is not visible. Wow. God framed up the universe, and he says, by faith, not, not natural sight. If I look at natural sight, when I look at God's church, it's like, whoa. Again, herding cats and elephants up hills. Uh, stubborn donkeys. <laughs> you think, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Can I be honest with you this morning? Do you want me to pretend? <laughs> and that's all of us, guys. Look, I'm in there with you. I'm in there like a dirty shirt, man. Believe me. I'm just as stubborn and just as, you know, there's times in my life where I'm the cat or the elephant for somebody else. Uh, but he framed up the universe, and he says, now here's your job. By faith, understand it. Get some understanding on this. Get some revelation. And so God wants to build by revelation, thus the preaching of the word. He goes to his disciples and he asks them, you know, who do men say that I am? Some say you're Jeremiah. Some say, you know, that you're Elijah. Others say you're John the Baptist. All those guys were dead. John had died in chapter 14 and, of Matthew, and he's asking this question in chapter 16. And uh, so they're all dead men. I don't know how John could have come back that quickly into Jesus' body as a reincarnation. The other two prophets, I guess there was a chance, but I scratched my head and go, how could he possibly be John the Baptist, like, you know, roughly the same age? I mean, come on, like, that's a, that's a big one. Uh, but people are talking. Who, does, who do men say that I am? Well, you're, you're a dead prophet, a lot of them are saying. Then he goes to Peter. He's looking for an understanding, a revelation of who he is. So... What about you, Pete? He asked. Who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter asked, you are the Messiah, the Son 
of the living God, not the dead prophet. You are the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not, here we go, revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock, what rock? This revelation, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. God's got gates that are open for us in heaven that are so massive. And he says, it's going to swallow up. Anything I got will swallow up. The gates of hell are not going to prevail when you catch a revelation of who it is that we worship here at City Church and why we show up early, not just to eat a donut, and why we walk across rooms and say hi, and why we do other things that are out of our way. Why, 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 why? This is us. Who is us? That's a revelation that the church needs to get and get a hold of. So he builds by revelation. Always about him. And the second thing he builds by is relationship. Oh, relationship. That's a big one. This is now where it gets a little bit tougher. You know, look at it, Jesus. It's like, yeah, get that. Got no problem with him. Uh, you know, love him with all my heart. I'll even lift my hands sometimes if I feel like it and come to church when I feel like it. And, you know. But now we're talking about rubbing the other building blocks because we are like building blocks that are fit together. This city is the body of Christ, which is fitly and joined together. And, and you know, back in biblical times when they built the temple, and, and uh, right now if you go to Jerusalem, it's not actually the temple that was the last temple that was built by Herod because that got destroyed roughly around 70 A.D. by the Romans. They just tore, burned the whole thing down. And uh, the, the, what's there now is actually built by uh, uh, the Muslim leader, Suleiman, I think his name was. And, uh, you know, it's okay. It's, it's worth going to Jerusalem. But uh, when they built the original temple, not the, the second one, rather, uh, Solomon built the first one. And there's a little bit of history, but uh, the second one, uh, built by Herod to please the Jews, uh, they had to fashion all of that off-site. If you go back and read how they built that, uh, they, there were specific instructions that, that there was to be no work and no noise and no sweat on the building site. So they had to build each of those blocks off-site, all the chiseling, the hard work, the tools that they, you know, formative tools they had back then somehow. But if you go and even look at those blocks that are still there, some of the foundation underneath the Wayland wall, it's still there. Those massive, giant concrete, uh, sorry, uh, uh, granite, I believe they were, you know, they're, they're fit together without even a gap. It's amazing. And yet all of that was fashioned off-site. What's God saying? There's no sweat in the temple. It gets noisy building relationship. It gets really messy and noisy, and there's abrasion. There's rubbing together when you get personalities trying to fit together in a church to build something amazing. You know, there's all kinds of conflict, and there's just, it's a messy, dirty business. But God says, okay, Build by relationship. I want you to love one another because when you do that and you are fit together like that, you are a magnificent temple that, that only God could do something like that. And the world will know that I'm alive and that I live. And this is how they're going to know about me is when you guys love each other. First Corinthians, I'll just read this. It says, for we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. By the grace God has given me, Paul talking, 
I laid a foundation as a wise builder, and someone else is building on it. In other words, I laid down my life for the foundation of this thing. I'm not even going to get to be the one building the beautiful bit that everybody looks at. It's been 30 hard years, to be honest, of building a foundation in this city. And I may never get to see the thing rise up like the Burj Khalifa or something. Somebody else hopefully will, though, because of the foundation. And Paul says, I've laid this foundation. Somebody else is building on it, but each one should build with care. For no one can, can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone destroys this temple, God will destroy that person. For God's temple is sacred. And you together are that temple. That's 1 Corinthians 3, 9 to 11 and verse 17. You together, not individually. This is not about you and you only. You together are that temple. This is us. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who labor, labor in vain. So the third way that God builds, first one again, revelation. Second one, relationship. Third one is generationally. I don't know when God's coming back. Every year that I've been a Christian, people say he's coming back. He's coming back soon. He's coming back this year. Uh, we're not going to go past, you know, here. He's, gonna come, he's coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back. I've heard that now for 40-something years, and I expect it, and I live as if he's coming back today, but I also live as, as, as if he's not coming back today. So how do you do that? I live my life as if he's going to come back into my world because he's already in my world. So I don't have the time to get entangled with the affairs of this world and to get caught up into all kinds of peripheral things. I live my day as if he's coming back today. But I also live my day generationally thinking that if he doesn't come back today, I'm going to build something so that future generations can still hear about Jesus and get saved and build what I don't get to build. So we're a generational church. That's why our mission is raising generations, reaching nations. Ephesians 2, and we've got a lot of scriptures here this morning, but I'm just reading these. Ephesians 2, 19 and 20. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. This is the generational bit. bit. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Jesus Christ himself, the chief cornerstone. Man, does he talk about that cornerstone over the foundation over and over again. But here he talks about members of his household. Psalm 127 says, Children are a heritage of the Lord, offspring a reward to him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man, blessed is the church whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame. They will contend with their opponent in the court. There's somebody that's going to be left here if Jesus doesn't come back to contend with future enemies of God and future people that are trying to, demons that are trying to destroy the lives of people. And that's the future generations. Those are the arrows, guys, that we are fashioning and are in our quiver. We better have a full quiver because God builds generationally. God has called us to be a family to a city without a family building his church city church and our mission is to build the way he builds revelation of him foundation always him uh relationships with each other joint fit together and thinking generationally because he's a generation uh god well i invite you 
If you already aren't with us or part of us and you don't have a home church, when I say this is us, you're invited to be part of this is us. So if you're uh, the kind of person that really wants to get on with the building that God wants to build and, and you catch a revelation of what God wants to do and you want to be part of that, then I would say welcome to this family and welcome to what we are doing. Catch the revelation. Join the relationship. Think generationally. This is not ordinary. This is out of this world. And God wants to build his church. And if he doesn't build it, we're just laboring in vain. Amen. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.